Hello and welcome to the TT Daily Podcast. I'm Chris Pritchard and joining me with the roundup today, always, I'm going to let you do tomorrow's intro, you know, Steve. Tip top. That's all you got for me today. <laughs> Just a, if you've subtle, got t- subtle, <laughs> smooth and fast. Listen, if you've got tip top on your Steve Plater bingo card, tick it off right now. <laughs> you never know what you could win. Van Davy Dozy. <laughs> Have you had, were you drinking while you were down at no, uh, sir. No, sir. I drove home. All right, okay. Anyway, day number five of the TT Daily Podcast. We're back down at the Trackside Bar. Now, the plan was to get the Birchels on because they were out first tonight and we wanted to have a word with them because they set a blistering pace on that first opening lap. Yeah, impressive. I've been out tonight at uh, Douglas Road Corner, which is the fast right-hander into the Kirkmichael Village. And just before you get to the BCC Car Centre, um, what an incredible bit of speed going to that corner. Sidecars and solos, in all fairness, flipping impressive. But it's not just the fact that the way they approach that curve, that corner... It's the fact because they've got big, real wide Avon tyres on all the sidecars, it's the fact that because they're so wide, they, they kind of track the road. You know you do when you're, you're getting those grooves, those yeah, lorry yeah. grooves on the motorway. Unbelievable. Almost Jane, them like berms. Amy, I was with Amy, Amy Williams. She very nearly jumped out of the way. Scared her. Honestly. Really? Yeah, no, seriously, yeah. Yeah, but hey, impressive. Really fast. They ended up with a one... Forgive me if I get this wrong. Was it 116 or 117? 117. I think they did 27117. That wasn't me. Two 117 laps in the end. Very impressive. And that was coming into the pits as well. So coming into the pits and then going out from the pit lane. Exactly. You know, uh, so no, fair play. They're they're on the pipe. I tell you what, those KTMs out there sounded gorgeous. It did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Molly's bike. I don't know how Molly got on tonight. You'd know probably better being this end around the around Park Ferme, but uh, they look really good, yeah. really smooth. Pulled in. I think he's still suffering that overheating problem. Yeah, yeah. So he said he was running a. Did he say one seventeen something like that? That's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. But no, how, going back to going, going back to what you said. You know, with sorry, going off track a little bit right. with with the uh, Birchall brothers. Yeah, you know what? It's impressive, and it's typical typical Birchills. They're 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 out there on an impressive lap, but still not happy. Back in Fetlin, just desperately trying to get things sorted to go to go faster still. From, from from what I gathered, from what I saw on the TV, it looked like they were changing the gearing, and yeah. they spoke to me a couple of days ago about they still need to work out what that gearing is going to be, and they've not even put their race engine in yet as well, so that could potentially change that gearing as well. Uh, but yeah, the plan was to get them here and have a chat and find out what had been going on, but I went to find them, and again, Steve, you can tell, tell me more about this. The, this team is the top team in sidecar racing, the equivalent of the Peter Hickmans, Dean Harrisons. Yeah, I go to their awning and they're busy at, what is it now, nearly 10 o'clock at night. They're still beavering away, tinkering away themselves on their outfit. You don't see that from the from the solos, do you? No, or, or certainly, well, you do down the field, but certainly yeah. not from the front-running teams, you know. Um, hey, listen, um, but they wouldn't want anybody else fettling, really. They're, they're, they're the engineers as well. They, yeah. 
they obviously they're very good at what they do uh, they're working on a new project this year a lot of development going on so which is working mm-hmm. um, but it's full on work but it's great to see the old school style yeah, of set up yeah. and work in progress you know straight off with the gloves and getting uh, oily hands and, and getting down to well, business that's it, yeah. walk straight into the into the awning both of them head down but don't forget Chris you know they haven't got much time left they, they no. obviously have tomorrow's practice and I, I, can't, I haven't looked at the schedule I'm pretty sure the sidecars are out also tomorrow afternoon yep. uh, which will probably be the best practice session anyway because the heat will be up the, the track temperature will be much warmer as long as the rain stays away tonight it's forecast a bit of rain in all fairness overnight so we might have a late, a late start but anyway uh, one last practice tomorrow then they're into their race on uh, on Saturday afternoon so it's all to play for really right so let's touch on solos yep. and their lap times because again we saw a bump up in speed Hickey went out again now, I, I, I missed him going out the pit lane to set off on his first lap, but the opening lap, 133. Now, when James Hillier was interviewed on the live stream, he said that Hickey had gone down pit lane full gas, whereas James said he had to adhere to the 60-mile-an-hour limit. So I don't know whether Hickey had a bit of a head start on everyone going down the pit lane, but regardless... No, in all fairness, the timing doesn't start till the end of pit lane. Right. Uh, I sat in the briefings... Uh, pre-event with with all the riders and, and technical and uh, that was part of what well, was one of the questions in all fairness but the you know, it triggers the timer when you go out of pit lane so it wouldn't have had any effect but however uh, Hickey very quickly passed uh, Hillier yeah before they even got to Kurt Michael or I was so he was obviously on the on the pace he looked so fast into Kurt Michael I was watching actually because also Dean Harrison did a did a good lap uh, I think a 30 32 something was it um, uh, I'm not I'm not exactly sure but a fast lap anyway 32 9-ish I think and he Hickey in Kurt Michael corner which is a very fast third gear right hand corner um, Hickey opened, must have opened a throttle I roughly measured it with the kerbs uh, 10 metres before Dean Harrison you know really? it's impressive and he yeah. looked like he was on a mission he looked Visually like he was fast. working a lot harder certainly a lot more aggressive but that only I say that only transpires into a, a couple of mile an hour. That's quite a big difference over a, a full lap. So Hickey's now into the 133s. Dean's almost there. And then we've had a lot more riders jump into that 130 club. However. However. Two laps. Yeah. Second one was going faster. He got down to uh, our listeners, if you know the course, you come out of the Craig the famous Craig pub out of that right-hand corner, run down the long hill, which is one of the fastest points of the circuit. You just go on the edge of the tyre slightly and hit the rev limiter in sixth gear into the left brandish. And as he approached Hillbury, the next right, this yep. is the last, coming up towards the last sector, he started to run out of fuel. He did, yeah. He managed to get down to um, almost to the end of the lap in the governor's dip and then run out and then had yes. to start pushing the bike back. So that's massive aggro for the team to start getting the fueling worked out because he has to do he has to have um, at least half a litre to a litre left at the end of two laps so do you think they're they're because you can obviously have different maps on that and obviously a different map will burn more or less fuel so are they have they gone out with the intention to see if they can run out of fuel or or to see how close they can get running that two lap strategy or not the thing is <coughs> excuse me you know um Hickey hasn't been on the pipe yet, really, as in race pace, realistically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any of them. 
to a certain degree. Dean Hickey, uh, David Todd, uh, they've been going faster and faster and faster and building back up, as we've spoken about over the last uh, four days. But um, you know, now they're starting to get somewhere near race pace, they're burning proper fuel. So the guys are going to have to adjust the fueling to make sure they can get the, their guys home because you can't just almost run it out as well because when you're accelerating hard out of some of the corners, the sharp corners at the end uh, in the last couple of sectors uh, of the lap on lap two, it rushes all the fuel to the back of the fuel tanks away from the fuel pump. So yeah. that's when you get the spluttering and the kicking and the booking. So that's what they have to be careful of. So they need half a litre to a litre left in that tank after two laps. So what, what do the team do? Do they say to Hickey don't be aggressive coming out of those turns or do they try and work out the electronics to get him there so he can ride it at the full? 100% electronics. Right. It's you can't, nothing down you to can the never rider. rely not on a rider who wants more yeah. power, for, always more power, especially when you start to feel good. So, you know, every rider's the same. Um, so they, you, you manage that on the electronics and obviously they'll, they'll, they'll manage it, they'll do it. You know, yeah, every, every, team's, every team's doing it, you know, yeah. so it's uh, just a case of ironing the situation out before Saturday, obviously. So then other noticeable... Um, lap times again Nathan Harrison local boy I did see him just I'm sure I don't know if he did have a pint in his hand but he was down at the trackside bar so was he now yeah Ooh. a little bit of uh, bit for a proper bit of rocket fuel <laughs> <laughs> he was now up to 126 as well um, I heard that on the radio actually that's impressive he's, yeah. again he's a little bit like Glenn Irwin just chipping away going through and through, not sticking his neck out and looking really good at Kurt Michael and then we'll repeat exactly what we've said uh, for the Super Sport again Michael Dunlop not really performing yet on the stocker or the uh, the superbike, but on a super sport bike he's he's right there. Yeah, I think there's one or two like that. You know, as in um, really, it's not the true picture of looking at the timesheet because you've got Hillier, you've got uh, Hutchinson, you've got Dunlop. There's a few riders that are not really on the pipe yet on the race pace. However, I think they're quite confident behind the scenes because they've done good sectors. There's just a few teething problems and bits and bobs and I think uh, as I said earlier in the week tomorrow is going to be the show day when they all start to step up well let's talk about tomorrow then because currently it, the weather the weather forecast is not good there's a high chance of rain right at the moment that these riders are supposed to be setting off um, there's actually a chance of rain this evening which is yeah. which is the worst part because um, you know the problem with a lot of sections around the Alaman TT course is the ground is a lot higher than the road and the surface you know mm-hmm. um, and what happens then uh, because the ground is soaked around the tarmac it comes upwards the damp oh, patches okay, yeah. that's the danger point in some sections around the course Yeah. so obviously Gary Thompson will be monitoring this massively and yes you're right the forecast isn't great in the morning I think we're due to start was it one o'clock yeah. uh, roads roads, roads are ready for riding at one o'clock so it may be good but they may, it may just mean it's delayed for a little bit later in the day so here, here's a scenario that they don't get out at all tomorrow. Do you think are they are they in a position? Do they feel prepared? Well, I believe as far from as far as what I've heard from the commentary team and such that uh, most riders have qualified now, got enough yeah. fast laps in. So you may well see that race one, the superbike race. Uh, However, they do get warm up now. They get one lap warm up. Should yep. they wish? Should they wish to go out? It's we'll not compulsory. Um, the only negative with that morning warm-up, if you take your superbike and break down for any silly reason, there is no recovery of bikes, only rider. So you're out of the race. So I can quite, I can quite honestly see 
um, a lot of top riders not doing that warm-up lap. Yeah, for that reason. So could could, could the super stock bikes go out for that warm-up for the super bike race? I believe so, yes. I right. believe so. So the riders will probably want to get out. And, so the boys will go out and get themselves freshened up. And they also... I've spoken to quite a few of them about this, and they don't want to go out and ride round half-heartedly because they're not they're not in the zone then when they go out for the race. Right, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So they'll probably be happier to go out on their stock bikes, as long as they're not using it. So some use the stock bike in the superbike. Yeah, of course, yeah. But the guys that have got both, they'll probably go out on their stock bike, dig in, have, have a lap, get warm, get happy, and then come back and get ready for the big race. Do you think any of the riders will potentially miss tomorrow's session just to prepare? Because it has been, a lot of riders are complaining the physicality of it because they've been away for so long that they are starting to get these aches and pains. You know, you've seen it. We spoke to Dean, who's been taping up his hands. Spoke to David Todd, who's been suffering with a bit of strength in his legs. Do you think they might take it as a bit of a rest day or not? They need to man up. Well, I... I or, or woman up in, in some cases. Yeah, you I'm know, just asking um, questions, Steve. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> no, no, you know, no. they're, 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 especially the front guys, they're professionals. Uh, you know, and and, uh, and some of these front guys, well, a lot of them are paid to come and do a job, so you need to be prepared, full yeah, stop. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if you have a rest day tomorrow, fully get your body fixed, then you can go even harder at the uh, in the race, because the race is where it counts. David Todd won't be doing that. I wouldn't, uh, and the majority wouldn't. I'm just play- hey, I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, so, I understand. They, I, they were they were talking about it on the. Uh, I understand. On the live stream. I understand exactly what you're saying, and to be quite honest with you, a lot of Namby Pamby cyclists would have the same frame of mind. <laughs> However, motorcycle races are not quite the I'm same. I'm taking a rest day tomorrow. <laughs> I'm taking a I'm rest day tomorrow. You, no, I've probably done uh, more K's than David Todd around this <laughs> island the last couple of days. Get out. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, I fully understand what you're saying, of course. But realistically, you know, they haven't had enough. Uh, fast steps in my opinion yet so they need to if, if possible they need to get out there and, and do some mileage so just quickly just go back to 2018 when yes weather was weather was amazing the boys were out getting laps in what's the we've not really missed that many sessions so why does it feel like they, they're, they're still on the back foot why does it feel like they, they haven't pushed is it that three year gap it's a three-year gap, Chris. Honestly, because it's not just—it's not just a case of missing, um, you know, twenty and twenty-one at the Alaman TT races. It's the fact they've all been away riding short circuits, a different style of riding completely, very mm-hmm. much so. Uh, a, lot, a lot shorter races. This is over two hours, you know, so yeah. uh, and two hundred miles. So it's it's a it's a massive task, um, and yeah, they're they're kind of not nobody's up to speed yet to the to the old speed should i say they don't 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 get me wrong the surfaces change the place the, the the course is rougher in places things have changed dramatically so it's all different so you can't really reflect back to 2018 when all those lap records were set in that beautiful yeah. weather you know it's a new year uh, new tarmac in a lot of places new bikes new tires so it's very different so it's going to take everybody in the paddock time to get back up to full pace yeah it certainly feels like although we're only two days away from racing now and it feels like people are still playing catch up still kind of chasing that the correct setup that they need for racing and it just feels like it's a bit late in the day to be to be doing that i don't know if that is the case i don't know if it was like when you were racing were you always chasing that setting right up until the moment you went off for that first super white race no in all fairness i wasn't you know i kind of uh, i would go with the setting and then just leave it and ride ride around the problem if i had one right. you know uh don't get me, 
don't get me wrong, you know, the, the, all the boys are going very, very fast now, faster than when I, when I raced, obviously, because it was quite a few years ago. Um, and you need a better setup now to, to achieve those times, a more accurate setup, should I say. You can't just turn up with a bike, kick the tyres and get it somewhere near and go. You've got to be uh, very accurate. And, you know, as we keep talking about, the electronics are so important. Yeah. You need a full-time person to monitor police and work on on those settings and systems sweet right let's wrap it up okay mate cool i'm gonna let you outro it well do you know what uh, it's been a great day again uh, we've seen some really fast uh super twin times some really fast super sport going mm-hmm. back i know you're gonna say it but you didn't michael dunlop on the super twin and the super sport fast as very fast as he really is and if he can get that transferred over to the super bike good so it's all looking really good um, but no, crack it on. You know, uh, we're in the real. We're in, hopefully the weather's kind. We're in uh, the real zone tomorrow. Day daytime practice. So that's day day five over and out. Uh, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll be back with some dry and some sunshine uh, and give you day six. Tip top. <laughs> <laughs>